Welcome to Stuck in My Mind podcast, the show where we dive into the mind of a regular guy on his road to self discovery. You'll hear everyday people just like you share the latest topics, personal stories, and things they've learned along the way. And now, please welcome your host, Wise. And welcome to another episode of Stuck in My Mind. I am your host, W-I-Z-E Wise, and I have two special guests on today. I have from Talking Real 1000, Poppy J's in the house. What's and up, my man, And my man, the next city councilman from District 16 in the Bronx, Leo Coelho. So Coelho in 2021, people, remember that. What's up? That's right. That's right. That's right. What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, no, nah, man. Brother, it's an honor having you on. You know how me and you roll, man. I, cool. Again, from from the first time, from the first time you came on the show and we we discussed your political future and all that, you know I, I've, I've had your back since day one, bro. You know how we doing this. That means the world to me, bro. It means the world. And if he got your back, I got your back. That's right. That's right. <laughs> No, so okay, now nah, so we're here because we're gonna, we're discussing um this this actually this email you sent me about uh, uh the village act that's what you called it right and, and, yeah, yeah. and um and I found it very interesting and and this is something I would like for you to, to explain to the people what what actually is the village act. Well, you know, um, you guys, um, everybody that's watching the news, you know, has seen like the increase and in the uptick in the violence in our communities. You know, um, you know the shootings that are happening. You know, the, especially here in my district, here in the, in the South Bronx, as well in general in the Bronx. You know, we've had a, a lot of tragedies when it comes in terms of gun violence. You know, every time you turn on the news, you're just seeing like footage of just people just openly shooting, and and it looks like the Wild West almost and stuff, right? And I and you know, and I, I grew up through a tough time, bro, in New York City. I was born in 1975, and so I saw a lot of tough times here in, in, in the city. And, you know, this is, it, it's, it's looking scary. You know, it's looking like, um, you know, some of the, some of the days when it, things were really, really out of control. And so, you know, my concern is, is that, you know, people in the community are, are taking these, these violent acts and the, and the civil uprisings that are happening and the, and the debates with, with the police department and how those things should be handled. And, people are almost like at a standstill, like nobody's really actively thinking solution-based, you know, they're just using these instances as ways to, 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 to bring more to attention to their platform or to, or to their opinion or, or what they think should be, should be happening. Instead of saying like, look, this has to stop. Like, you know, we, you know, we let's come down and figure out, um, you know, how do we stop this violence in our communities and, and, you know, defunding the police, you know, is a, is a big, talking point here in the city, but it's not the only talking point and, and it's not the, the, the first and last step um, to the changes that need to happen in our communities um, on the side of the violence, and but also on the side of the over-policing that happens in our communities as well. And so, you know, I really wanted to take step up as a community activist, really, as a person in my community that has two sons that walk the same streets where, you know, these kids are getting shot at. And I want to be able to bring something to the table and say like, hey, can we 
Can we think out the box a little bit? Can we change some of this, you know, some of the culture, um, not only in our communities, but also in the, in the NYPD? You know, I, I have a lot of friends that are uh, NYPD officers, retired, currently in it. And a lot of them tell me like, yo, we, we want things to change too. It's just that, you know, we, we can't do it from our end, but there's things that we want to change too. And so somebody needs to come to the table, man, and at least put an, an initial plan on the, on the table and say, okay, can let's give this a try. And that's where, you know, I came up with the Village Act at this point. Um, you know, the name says it all, the Village Act, right? For me, it's about a community coming together, bro. Like, you know, this is this is how we survived, you know, throughout history was c communities coming together as a village, sharing traditions, you know, passing down knowledge, taking care of each other. And now I want to kind of get back to the essence of that. And it, and the NYPD is part of that. Pe the people that are, are co in coming into our communities to help protect and serve are part of the village. And so we need to learn how to do that together. Yeah, that's, well, I um, probably Jay has something similar. No, no, but Poppy J does have something similar to uh, the village. He he calls it "We Are the Village," and and it's in reference to how how our kids are brought up and how back in the days when we were, because back in when we were growing up, in our communities, people looked out for each other. At least at least yeah. when where we grew up, where me and Poppy grew up, uh, we knew each other. We knew our neighbors. If we could like if we walked down the street and did something wrong, my mom would know before I even got home. Yeah. And and we got we kind of got away from that, and, and when I don't know I don't know what happened and why we kind of get up, got away from it. A lot of communities, I guess, changed over the years. But it, it's something that we we feel personally as well that we we've, we've gotten away from the sense of community of where you know your neighbor by first name. You actually barbecue on weekends and and go hang out and. And we've we've gotten away from that as a society. I think personally, that's just my personal opinion. And mm -hmm. and I think with this, what you're putting out there is it's a step forward, trying to get that back. No, I agree, bro. And I was just talking with somebody today about you know how things were growing up, right? And I even I even was telling them like, yo, I even was, I grew up like I said, I grew up in the hood, you know, in rough times, and so, but I respected everyone and everybody respected each other, you know, even, you know, I played ball, right? So I played tournaments, high school, a little bit of college. When I was younger, you know, the even the hustlers on the corner would say like, yo, um, stay away from this stuff, B, keep playing ball. Like, you know, stay away, don't even, don't even look over to this stuff. What, you you, you playing this summer? You got, you got a pair of sneakers this summer? Yeah, take these Jordans right here. This is your sneakers for the summer and stuff like that. So I didn't have to go out there and look for, 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 you know, to hustle and do these other things. And, you know, and I was raised by my mother, you know, and, and, and other family members that I knew they were out there working hard with it. But my mother was working 12 hours in a salon every day, right? So there was only so much that she had an influence on me. So I was really raised by the, by the streets and I was raised by the community and by my neighbors. And, and by the reason why I got into education was because my teachers and the coaches and the principals Looked, looked out for me as one of their own and stuff. You know, I remember being in school and the lunch lady knew I was, I was man hungry because I used to stay for basketball practice at eight o'clock at night. So she used to come out and slip me like a couple extra cheeseburgers to hold me down for later on and stuff. Like I, 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 I stand on those people's shoulders today, and, you know, and that's, that's exactly how it was back then and where we need to get back to, bro. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely yeah, agree man, with I, that. Uh, with the, uh, I agree with the, uh, 
I think we lost touch as they started veering towards social media where everybody, because social media makes you want to stand out. So everybody is, could be whoever you want to be on social media. And when you start, when you, when you, when you pick up a habit like that, it's like any addiction. You just don't know how to shut it off. And that, that, that causes for, for you not to care about your neighbor or for you to want to mind your, like, if I'm, if I'm putting myself out there as this person, I can't allow the people that really know me to see it, especially if they don't follow you. Mm-hmm. So it's like people just created their own, like, and I guess it's in a way you escape from whatever hard times you was going through and you found social media to be something that uplift you. Some people, for some people, it's it brings them down because they don't have enough mm-hmm. friends. But the village is, that, that village act sounds like something that everybody should. And like, I would promote that email on my page for the village, for the next village or the next town. Like those are, those are some things that key uh, changes that I believe mm-hmm. need, to, need to take effect. Cause like you said, there's not yeah. a, there's not a lot of, um, there's not a lot of solutions being going, no. on, going on right now. Everybody's no. telling what they want and nobody seems, it's like a uh, NFL CBA negotiation. Like everybody's just saying what they want. And that, that meeting in the middle is like, it's taking way too long. Yeah, I agree, man. And you know, you know, decades of research and practice support the premise that people are, are more likely to obey the law when they believe that those that are enforcing it have a legitimate authority while having the public interest first at heart, right? So that's saying that, you know, they'll, they'll be more inclined to follow, you know, directions and obey the law if they feel that that person that's enforcing it genuinely cares about me. And like, you you genuinely care about my community, right? And so on in the act, one of the first things that I put out there is I say, as I explain to people, I say, if NYPD, every interaction between an NYPD member and a community member, if these four things are present, it's most likely gonna end up in a positive interaction. So number one is treating people with dignity and respect at all times, right? So I'm not talking about if, if, it, if you get into a physical fight or there's a, you know, I'm talking about just a normal interaction every day between NYPD and the community for any any small reason or any reason, right? Just treat people with dignity and respect at all times. Even if you have to arrest them, give them the dignity and respect yeah. at all times, right? Because the community is watching how you're treating people, right? When somebody gets arrested, their family members are standing around watching. Their community is standing around watching. So that inter- they're going to judge you off that interaction with that person, even if they, if they legitimately have to go to jail or get locked up. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna base their interactions off how you handle that, right? Two, yep. giving, giving individuals a voice during the encounter. So that means that if a person is asking you a question, legitimately asking you a question about anything, like give them a voice. Like even if you don't have to, even if you don't know the answer to it right now or whatever the case may be, hey, I'm doing my job. Look, I'll clear up everything once we get down to the to the precinct. Hey, like whatever it is, just acknowledge that the person, the person has a voice. Being neutral and transparent in decision-making. Police officers have to understand that you have to be clear with people what your intentions are when you when you come up to them, right? Like 
have a conversation with them. Let them be transparent of what this interaction is about, you know, and and give the person the opportunity to like to kind of digest it and not be on the defense automatically when you're having a conversation. And then, you know, for, lastly is, is conveying trustworthy motives. Like, again, everything is about the building of the trust of the community and the NYPD. And I and I tell law enforcement, if, you, if every interaction falls under the umbrella of these four categories right here, um, trust me that the interactions would be much better and your, your community would be more accepting of who you are. And that'll start to build a, a more of a village feel between the NYPD and the folks that are in it. That, that's, that's I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's 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 crazy because, like, I've been recently. I've, I I do I do my research and I'm always looking around at um news articles and all these stuff. And and you still realize that even up even until like last week and these past couple of weeks, you still have incidents where you see police brutality, even with everything that's going on. You still see this police brutality going on, like the the. Was the lady in, in San Jose, whatever the situation was, she got pulled over in a McDonald's parking lot and she was handcuffed on the floor. The cop came, kicked her in the gut, grabbed her by the by the cuffs and like dragged her across the floor. I don't know, like I don't care. Like, all right, fine. If she's getting arrested for something that she did, that's all that's great. But you don't need to treat her the way you treated her. I'm saying it was uncalled for. She was handcuffed on the ground, and to me, it's it's not proper training. These officers that are going to, to the police academy eight months, whatever it is, that amount of time that they're going, and and they're all, all they're being is is trained in in tactics and, and 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 all these other things, but they're not taught how to deal with people. They don't. They're not taught psychology, sociology, and all these other programs that that might help better suit them out in the streets where they don't need to always be gun ho and ready to whip somebody's ass. When when they feel is is deemed because it's not deemed you're not it's like some of these abuse that that happen is just ridiculous is it's, it's not it's uncalled for and and I'm and listen I like you said I have friends that are police officers and I, and they're they're great people and but but there 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 are some bad apples that are ruining it and something has to change yeah man and and that goes to number one right treating people with dignity and respect at all times. So even if you're arresting this this woman, if she legitimately committed a crime and you have to arrest her, like, well, what's the need for for the rest of that, right? Like, even going back to George Floyd, like the man was arrested, he had ha- he was in handcuffs, he was face down. Why why was that he was wasn't posing a threat? Why was the a need to have a, a knee on the back of his neck? That's the dignity. That's the respect part. You know, just I just saw in the news. Yesterday, you know, uh, a family, a black family in Aurora, you know, a lady, she, she was in her vehicle in a mall. Um, she had her daughter. She had a 12-year-old nephew. She had her sister. And there was a report about a stolen vehicle license plate. Um, kind of find out the license plate was for a motorcycle in another state, right? So the numbers were, were yeah. the, the, num- the numbers were right. But it was a motorcycle, and she was in a minivan or something like that, right? It's a motorcycle in another state, but yet the the children, her and her sister, were all handcuffed, face down on the floor, bro. Like Ooh, that's crazy. Like I don't I, I I don't fancy myself to to know all of the 
law enforcement techniques and all of that, but you have a nine-year-old girl, like a 12-year-old boy, and you have, they face down on the with handcuffs behind them. Like I, I just yeah. I didn't get yeah. it. I didn't get it, man. I didn't I didn't get it. And it's stuff like that that makes uh, it's stuff yeah. like that that make kids resent police. Like that's a yeah. trauma. That's a trauma that every time them kids see police, you can you blame them if they just don't have no trust for you or don't think that you have their best interests at heart. Like that's they don't understand. There's so many things that traumatize people. What I do hope that they start to realize is they're upset because everybody keeps saying all police, all police. Now we all know that not all police is bad. But mm-hmm. how does it feel when the shoe is on the other foot? Because when you was protecting or serving, so you, so that's what it's supposed to be. All black people look alike. Mm-hmm. Everybody that walked through with a hood, you assume was a criminal. If you mm-hmm. lived in the hood, if you lived in the bad neighborhood and walking down the street, if they stopped you, they, did a great, they came at you like you was actually a criminal. So right. now, when the, now when the shoe is on the other foot, now they know how we feel. Because now everybody's like, oh, we're not all like that. And I grant, granted, we, we are not all bad. I haven't really had a bad encounter with police, and I'm 47. So, no, not all cops is bad. I've been pulled over. I've been pulled over while committing crimes. I've been, and never was, and never escalated to a certain level where I was like, Dag, all cops is fucked up. But now you know how it's just not it's funny when the shoe is on the other foot. Like people never but really know. But here's what I t- here's what I tell people, Bobby though. When they say that, oh, you know, I agree. All right, no, not all cops, you know, are like that, right? But th- this is my argument against that. So there's five I, I believe that there's five things that that impact black and brown communities and have been the key elements to keeping black people oppressed. One is mass incarceration. Two is miseducation. Three is gentrification. Four is access to wealth. And five is over-policing and police genocide, right? Those are the five things that I think that are, are tools that are used to keep black and brown poor communities down, right? So I tell people though, when you're a police officer and you join the police department, even if you are not somebody that you consider yourself a racist or you could ever see yourself doing something like like to George Floyd or whatever, you need to though acknowledge the fact that you have now joined a group that has been used as a tool to oppress black and brown people. Just acknowledge that though. You gotta acknowledge that. Like, yeah. great, that's not that's not what you're gonna do, but acknowledge that that uniform that you have on has been used for that. And understand that that's why the res- the response to you is what you get, right? And so in, in my act, one of the bullets in my act, it says mandated workshops that educate officers on the role of policing in a historical presence in injustices and discrimination of black and poor communities. So when you become a police officer, you should get educated on what and how police officers and law enforcement were used against black and brown communities, all the way back to when they were used to round up slaves that would run away from their masters and and, and, uh, and, and the, the, the trauma that our communities still carry 
with, with, with all that. So yes, you're not all you're not all bad, but under, recognize what you're a part of, though. Yeah, that, that's deep right there. I like that. I do like how you broke that down. That makes like total sense. Like those are some key. Yeah, you would have to accept that you just got into a gang, like a clique that you know like again, they hit the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, and you know it's crazy because they promoted that. Like back at them times when you had them certain leaders, that was what they said. We got the biggest gang in New York. You right. can't beat it. So now yeah. it's like, all right, and then you got even the cops that are good. I joined into this club. Now yeah. As much as I don't agree with what, but I see, but they show you what will happen if a cop turn on another cop. They'll take it the way any other gang member would take it if one of their own. Exactly. The shoe, the shoe is that is pretty when they put it, it on it, their it, foot. It's funny. It's funny. It's funny. It's funny how they want criminals to snitch on each other, but yeah, they won't snitch on each other when someone is doing criminal a criminal act. And it's fun. No it, it's just. It's just. It's just it's just ridiculous that, that it, it has to come to like yo. How do you how do you expect criminals and all this to to snitch on each other? But yet you, you won't like if you're supposed to be so good and 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 not corrupt, you're not telling officers that are not doing good because there's a we're from one of the worst precincts ever in the 75th precinct, and there was a documentary on our precinct, and you and you've seen how these how corrupt these cops were. And you yeah. and cops knew that they were corrupt. They knew that they were corrupt and didn't say a word because then blue line or whatever they, they want to call it. And and it, it shouldn't be that way. If you if you see one of your fellow officers committing a crime and doing something wrong, hand turn his ass in. Point blank. But, they, they shouldn't but the problem, be, but the shouldn't problem be, is, is that yet, but yet. That's that's never gonna happen though. That's that's the that's what the problem is, that that's never going to happen. You know why? Because you know, I come, I come from the business sector, right? Like my first career venture was in the business sector. And there was a saying that, that would always say, culture eats policies lunch every day, right? So no matter what rules you put in to your organization, to your company, to whatever, if the culture of that place is not aligned with that, then you're done. There's nothing you can do, right? There's nothing you can do. You got to change the culture of something first. Because it's like you said, once people come, people will say, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, if somebody happened, I'm going to say something. But as soon as you get into something like the NYPD and the culture is not to talk, not to say anything, you're going to fall right in line, bro. You're going to fall right in line. Cause I've, and I've heard the horror stories. I've heard, I've heard officers tell me, yo, I've said something. Next thing I know, I got transferred to a precinct out in Staten Island. It took me three hours to commute there, commute back. They were giving me forced overtime over there. I was, and then every time I came late, they wrote me up. They basically just bullied you out, bullied you out of the uh, out of the the, pre, the yeah. NYPD and the department and stuff. I've seen and, and they've been told that straight up, like, bro, just as much racism you see out there is that's happening inside as well too. So that's yeah. not going to change until the culture changes. Yeah, they, they definitely did. Yeah, the culture, the the foundation of the police has to be restructured. You have to destroy that old foundation, rebuild it, yep. and implement those 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 uh communities that, that like you have to implement that. Like it goes with anything as far as 
anything in life, like he said, in business, friendship, like anything, like any relationship, any situation, it falls in that line where you say you you I'm an upstanding citizen, but I know my man here did something fucked up. I'm not telling. Right. So I'm am I, I'm not an upstanding citizen. Right. Like, like you, everybody. It's just what what is the like right is right. If you did something wrong, then accept that I'm not with it. Like I couldn't be a policeman just because. And I'm not saying like I probably would if the structure was different, but from what I know, I don't want to be a police officer because I'm not gonna stand there and let you do something like what happened to George Floyd. But see that so that's, I, why, I that's why that's why that's why we need people like you in 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 the in the NYPD and stuff, right? Like we need folks that can go in there and step into a new culture and start to set a different culture in there, right? But but the but the framework has to be around it to support that, and you know, like you can't go, you know, you can't go into an organization like the NYPD and just be like, oh, I'm gonna be the lone wolf, I'm gonna change everything. In here being one way. Nah, that's not it'll that's be a, not gonna it'll be a wasted career. Like you would never <laughs> you won't even get to a pension or retirement. Like you won't get you none won't. of that. So that's what I'm saying. Like I would I would promote being a police officer to my kid, but I gotta know that this this I don't want to say gang, but I love saying it just because they said it. So I wanna I don't want to put my son in this gang knowing what it might turn my son into. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause there's, I believe that there's a lot of people that went in there to protect and serve. And really? after training and after getting beat in the head with everything that you better, the rules of the secret rules and the unwritten rules, mad people lost their way. People got to understand, like, even as an adult, you, you, still, you still can lose your way if you under a certain lifestyle for so long. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm saying, like, the NYPD, like I, I totally agree with you. Like the whole thing has to be revamped. Like we're talking about, you know, changes from the leadership all the way down. And the thing, and then, but we have to have things in place that also is gonna like foster that development as well too, right? Like one of the things I've always heard people say, yo, the, the police officers should live um, in the areas where they where they're working at and stuff. I've heard that for years and stuff, and a lot of people do agree with it, you know. I agree with it, but what's the policy? Like, what's in place for it? So in my in, in my act, there's a bullet that says that for the first five years of of a, of a NYPD officer's you know tenure, he has he has to live in his community, but he's also going to get a rent assist assistance as well too. So there's, yeah. so there's a so there's a financial benefit to doing this for the NYPD person. Like I'm coming in, be like, hold on, I got I get five years. To, and this is gonna help my rent out. I can save money. I can do this. I can save up for my son's college or my child's college or for some other stuff to buy a house after. There's a financial benefit to it, right? But then it also changes the culture because now you're living here now. You're living. Yeah. So now you're walking out your door and your kid is going to the same schools and everything. So you're treating people a little bit different, you know. And it's not the the, the Long Island dudes that are coming in, the Staten Island dudes that are coming in, almost like they're they're coming into war every day. You know, and, and and approaching people like they're at war. No, man, we're a community. We live here. This is what we, this is what we do. Like, come be a part of this. And then after your five years, and you get you know ranking, and you do better. You and you want to take your family somewhere else. Yeah, we'll applaud you and say thank you for your service. Thank you for your help and stuff, man. But we have to put things in place to do that, though. That's true. I, uh, Albany is doing that. 
Albany, New York. They say, you know, like my sister's husband, he was going to be a cop. They said he had to live in Albany. Like yeah. it didn't say where, but he had to live in Albany in order to even get through any other stages. You have to actually be living in Albany, like a resident. Yeah. Uh, you have to be uh, if you work if you're working in, in in whatever borough you're working in you should you should know that borough you should know what school where the kids go at it was I we you know where we grew up bro like we we hung out in the corner we know who the who was just hanging out in the corner because they came out out of school and they was just chilling out there before they went upstairs and then you knew the difference of the other the other dudes that was out there on the corner but how do you know the difference how do you know the there. difference you have because you you're there, there you know you have to be there. You know, when you outside and you see that one kid leaving at 7.30 in the morning, you know he going to school, right? Like, he know he going to school and stuff. Like, I, you could categorize him a little different than some other kids and your interaction changes. I I, I remember, let me tell you, I, I grew up in the hood, and, and, you know, things will happen with cops. I just didn't even stress it, you know, frisking for no reason. This is when, like, stop and frisk was was huge. You know, I'll be coming back. I'll be coming from basketball games, from tournaments, with a crew, if you just finished playing, they like, yo, get up against the wall. I'm like, bro, I'm in, I'm in basketball shorts. Like, what am I, what am I gonna be, what am I carrying in basketball shorts? But all right, whatever. And they'll pat you down. They have nothing. We'd be like, all right, whatever. They didn't phase us. But the one time they did phase me, bro, I was, I was in my first year at Hunter College. Yo, I was going to school in Hunter College, and I was down at 70, 77th Street, and I had some time between classes, so I went out, got a got a slice of pizza, I was walking back to school. Now, 70, Hunter College is on, it's in, you know, the most ritzy parts of the city, right? Yeah. 72nd, like on, you know, Fifth Avenue and all that other stuff, right? Lennox and all that. And I was walking back to class and then I'm looking at the corner of my eye, I see these two police officers coming and they got their guns out and I'm like, oh, what's going on here? And they like, yo, can you stop, go up against the wall and stuff? This is where their guns out. And I'm like, all right. And I went up against the wall. They came up. They patted me down. What's in your bag? Uh, books. I'm, I'm, you patting me down in front of Hunter College and stuff. Patted me down. All right, just stand right there. Police officer truck came by. I guess they had somebody in there that something happened to them. The lady looked out. They did a gesture like, nah, that's not him. They kept going. They was like, all right, you know, have a good day and just took off. Yo, that impacted me so much, bro. Like, I couldn't even focus in class. I couldn't. I just, I felt traumatized, bro. Like I, I felt, I felt so violated. I felt, and this is like now older after having all these experiences with with, with cops. But I just felt like I'm here down here going to school, bro. Like I'm here going to school, brother. And you you come out with your guns out. Like what if something would have happened? What if I would have flinched and you know grabbed my bag or something and I would have got shot? What if the lady in the van would have said, "Yeah, that's him." Yeah, that would have been worse. That would have been crazy. Like I don't, I didn't know nothing, and it it really tra- traumatized me. Like it was hard for me to focus in school, even be in that area anymore. And you know, my grades started to impact. I, I, I just was like, yo, I don't, I don't really want to be there and stuff anymore. And it had a, a serious impact on me. I, it took me years to get back into school and to and to continue my education. But you know, just things like that, I think, are, are traumatizing, like you said, to our communities and. We need to do things now to heal heal that trauma. Yeah, yeah. It's like the first, the first thing for them to do is to draw guns. That's that's their first instinct, and I don't, I don't understand that. It's like, 
with, with the situation you were talking about with the lady, the young lady, and and and, the, and she has seventeen year old niece and all these. They had they had these little girls belly like face down on the ground. It's like, would you want your child on the ground like that? Like, do, do these officers actually think like, would you want your child to be treated that way? And if the answer is no, then why are you treating someone else's child that way? Why are you why are you even treating people in in, in that manner? It's like they they don't they don't have no empathy or sympathy for for people and 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 it's crazy because again now with who's in office now and and what his actions show is just encouraging misbehavior from other people like they don't care now like it it doesn't matter what who what you are like it's they try to assert their authority Whenever they can, possible, and it's, it's like, yo, you y'all talk about uniting this country, but when when the commander in chief is the one setting up a lot of division, is is kind of hard. It, it makes it very hard because this that we look to our presidents for you know basically leadership, right? And um, you know they kind of set the tone for the for the country and. And you know, one of the great things about Obama that I felt back that he would he, he campaigned on a message of hope, right? And you know, that's what he was about, right? And just trying to make things a little better, um, make this country a little better than what how he found it, right? And it's the total opposite now, bro. It's like, how can I make this country worse than I found it? Like it feels like that's that's his agenda, you know, and I think we just gotta be able to move past it though. I tell everybody all the time, yo, stop worrying about so much about what that dude is doing in Washington and pay attention to your local politics. Pay attention to your local politics because those are the people that are making the decisions that are really directly impacting you. And believe it or not, if you look at history, the most of the most radical changes that government has had has started from the local level up, right? So... The federal government, like take for example marijuana, right? The federal government hasn't passed, you know, legalizing marijuana, but it has on the state level, right? And on a, net, a lot of places, right? And it's slowly, what's going to happen is there's going to be so many states that are going to pass that, that that the federal government then is going to have to just make the, the decision, just like same-sex marriages and all of that. All of that stuff started on a local level first, and then now the federal government then now has to catch up to what we're doing on the local levels. That's why I tell people, pay attention to that first, because that's what's going to really directly impact your lives right now. The local, yeah, that is, that's, and that's, you know what it is, but that's, that's why I don't give too much to what the commander in chief says and does, because he's a reflection. It's like, he's like Roger Goodell. And then, and then you got all these. All, you got every other state. The officials in them states, they are like the team owners. Right. We're just, we're just the people on the team. We in New York. We do. We on a New York team. But right. the Roger Goodell only does and only is allowed to do what well, the owners tell him. So it's it's all it's bigger than the commander in chief. He just yeah. gotta deal. He just gotta deal with all the backlash, like plausible deniability. Everybody has plausible deniability, 
everything will fall on the president. Period. Right. But at the end of the day, that's that's where everybody's eyes is looking up and not looking straight. Because you definitely got to vote and locally. You definitely have to partake in like PTAs or whenever they have them little meetings where it's like council meetings where it's open to the public. We don't, we got to get, we got to reprogram ourselves and our kids to be able to, or they having a council meeting that's open to the public. I want to go, I want to go see this. Because now you sitting there and you get this firsthand. So when you leave, you know the plans or what they throwing out there. Like there's so many public meetings that you could attend. Like there's so many things you could attend just to hear how, and, and most people are tra- are so transparent. They don't even like, you only could fake for so long. So if you sit at a couple of rallies or a couple of speeches, you'll see yeah. who exactly that person is. Let's, let me tell you, I'm, ru- I'm running for office, right? But I only jumped into this political scene early 2019. You know, I, I, I was working in education, working in schools for over a decade. Yo, I promise you, Bobby J, like the year that I spent you know, in politics, getting to know who's who, getting to know learn the landscape. Look, I really put, I really figured out more than half of these people here ain't about this life, ain't about this work. It's just not only that, I also I also figured out that the only reason why they're in politics is it because they can't get any other type of job. Dead serious. I'm dead serious. They can't get any other job. They can't like there's certain skill sets that you need to have to be successful in anything. Like I, I can go join any company anywhere in any in telecommunication, education, landscape, whatever you want to do. I can go and be successful because there's just a core set of skills that I've developed where or talking to people, communication, you know, uh, uh, reflecting, self-reflection, you know, self-educating. Like once you have that type of stuff, you can do anything really. Some some of these politicians, they they've never developed those skills, so they only know the the political world, and so they don't want to leave politics because then that means that they got to go get a real job, a nine to five, and a lot of them are not able to do that, and that's why you get so many of them compromising themselves just to get elected. That's why you get that. They can't get another job, bro. That's why you see they fall off the map. They like you don't you see sometimes you you be like wait, dad, wasn't that guy the the mayor? Where is he now? Nobody has no idea where, where that person is right now because a lot of them can't do it. They can't get those. Um, and, and what they try to do is try to get as rich as possible while they're in there so they won't have to get a a, a regular job. But me, I'm running for election. But, but brother, if I, if I lose, I just go get a job. Like, I don't have no problem. I go back to working for schools. I go back to advocating for my communities. That, that work is not going to stop. It's, it's just I'm just trying to take it in this avenue first. If it doesn't work out, I'll just continue to go down this other avenue. So. Yeah, I got it. I mean, I, listen, I, I'm for you. Like I said, I, I like, I like, we got to have uh, people that actually are level-headed, that mm-hmm. actually could step outside of themselves and put themselves. A lot of people have empathy. Mm-hmm. And that without empathy, you really can't do, you really shouldn't be, you really can't lead. A leader should have empathy. Like, I believe that a leader should have empathy. I believe that a leader should I'm not going to, like I tell my guys that I, that work under me, I say, listen, I'm not going to have you do nothing that I won't do. 
Exactly. I'm just in a position where I don't have to do it. But if I see you out there breaking a sweat and I ain't doing nothing, then I'm getting out there with you and breaking a sweat. And you just gotta know that I go with the police and everything. It's like you gotta people gotta feel like, oh, he you don't even have to do this. Like you, right. yeah, you don't you don't have to be pull over and just talk to the kids on the block. But you are no. policing in the neighborhood. So if you ain't doing that and you're wasting taxpayer money anyway, then why not stand out there and get to know these kids or ask them or talk Absolutely, to them? Bro. Like, Absolutely, it's just, bro. It's just like it, you should always like put your, your like always look at it from like how you say like, what if that was my kid? What if that was my mother? What if that was my sister? How would I react if I came outside and you and somebody had my sister face down? Just on a, a check, not even like an actual crime. We just ran your plates. We checked right. something. Like there wasn't even like nah, cause the reaction, and then you then you get that neighborhood reaction. Like you said, I come outside and I see how you treat the woman. Well, I, I'm a man. If you treated her like that, oh imagine man, imagine how you gonna treat me. Imagine like, how you gonna treat me. You're not cuffing me. <laughs> you're not cuffing. I'm and, not and you're right. You Leadership yeah. has to be. Leadership is from the front, bro. You know, I working in, in schools, I always looked at every child that I worked with, like if that was my child, like what what support would I want somebody to give my child if my child was in this position right now? What support would I give this parent right now if I was in their position and they needed some information and needed my support and stuff? I approached everything like that. Even the day-to-days, like I, I always felt like, oh, a kid threw up. I'm not like yo, um, call um, call the the, the the custodian or whatever. I'm like, where's the custodian closet? Okay, here I'm sprinkling the thing down, let it dry up. I'll sweep. It. Oh, you don't need to do that. You, what, what do you mean? I'm not, I don't need to do that. You know, like I'm I'm. If it needs to be done right now, then it needs to be done. It doesn't matter to me. And that's I agree with you. That's how leaders should be. Leaders should be able to pull it, you know, sleeves up, get dirty when it's needed. You know, if oh, you representing a district. There's politicians that represent a district that have NYCHA buildings and they've never even stepped foot in that in a NYCHA building. How are you representing how are you representing those people in that NYCHA building? You've never even stepped foot in a NYCHA building. So yeah. I, I don't I don't know how you could be those how you how can you be the advocate and speak for those people when you've never been in there and stuff, right? And so it's you're right, the community as a community, we need to be more involved when it comes to politics, but also we need to have pol- politicians in office that are also opening the doors up and saying like, no, come in here. Because you know what it is? A lot of politicians don't do that because they don't want to be held accountable. So the more I inform you about things, the more now you got more to hold me accountable for them. So yeah. politicians don't like opening up too much to the community like that. But that's, that's not what's supposed to be. You're representing a community. You should have a complete open door policy. You should be able to at any time talk to anybody. And then also be transparent. Yo, I made this decision because of X, Y, and Z. You may agree with me, you may disagree with me, but here I'm giving you the reason why I'm making this decision, why I voted for this, why I'm putting this legislation in. I'm ready to hear what you have to say. If 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 your point convinces me, I'm not I'm not too much of a man to say, you know what, I was wrong about that. Let me let me let me change my view on that. But they don't they don't do that. Nobody nobody has that. Nobody could put that ego aside that much in politics to be able to be that type of politician. Nah, because that there's no money in uh, equality. No, <laughs> it's no profit. But uh, no I would like, I would like, I do like that. I would like this. 
people in the position that you are in to and willing to put and willing to even run for the council you know what i'm saying like that that is something that should be like a like a little class that or like some type of place with children that is like them them children that like that want to be in politics or want to they don't even have like something like that to to bring along new people that's from the the neighborhood like it's always hard it's like it's like a secret society but they keep it trying is. to say it is, to say it that way. come on join us even, say, yo, nah, even, nah. even even with me like even with me like i went i went to the person that's sitting in the seat right now of a city council i i tried to meet with her she's terming out so she can't even run for this seat right so in my mind, I'm like, okay, if I'm turning out and I know that I can't even run for this seat no more, I'm gonna try to find who's the best person to come in here and do better for my for my for my community when I leave, right? And so I reached out to her and, and I got the, the the cold shoulder, I got the brush off, and you know, and 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 like this feeling where I had to go like kind of like go go kiss the ring or something. And I'm like, no, yeah. I'm not I'm not doing all that. Like I'm running regardless. I just out of respect, I want I reached out to you because my community has put you in that position. So I respect that decision that they made. And then now I'm, I'm reaching out to you so that now maybe we can try to bridge your accomplishments from the past and try to bridge, you know, what I can do in the future. And like you said, it was kind of like some, nah, I'm not doing that. And I'm going to find my person. And, and I'm like, wow, this this is not how it should be. And so that's, you're absolutely right. It, it should be more of an, you know, uh, an inclusive environment and pol politics is not like that as it goes with the like you said it's that financial and everything like they don't like to be a stockbroker you will have to like do what you do like you have to go and chase people down and ba basically have to kiss they ring for them for them to even say i right, i'll school you a little bit mm -hmm. that's why they don't teach stuff like that and that's that's those are the things that as as in that restructuring of the foundation and trying to bring the community back as a village now once we got that village this these are the next like they always gotta have we gotta always have the what's next what's next exactly and, and that's how the village got, works that's how the village works the community together what's next all right let's educate them on finances let's educate them on credit so you know not to just put things in your name and let it blow up and then wonder why you can't go and buy walk into a dealership and, and walk out without having to put down five fifty thousand dollars and right. still have a five hundred dollar payment. Like right. there's just there's just so many things that I like that's what got me into doing this and my uncle into even doing the podcast because people need to hear from regular people. Like you wouldn't expect a lot of people that know me wouldn't expect me to be talking like this. But I've never been stupid. I might have went down a path that was less chosen or these days most chosen. But at the end of the day, I still I was I was always somebody intrigued with things. So as I now I'm like that, I gotta give back with especially with this, like I said, this window of opportunity is just if you ain't spitting, if you ain't talking this right here, then you're a waste of my time on online. Like online is a point, it's pointless to be online if I'm not exactly learning, exactly. If I'm not learning. So that's the, that's I, the I, biggest that's the biggest thing you could give somebody. Like at the end of the day, if you can pass 
knowledge over to somebody, that's worth more than than any anything you can give them, right? Because if you're passing the knowledge on, that knowledge could then manifest itself in many different ways to be you know beneficial to them, right? And then it can also be passed down from generation to generation. So yeah, you're absolutely right. If this is the moment right now where you know it, it's almost like the almost like a, the new civil rights movement right now, right? Like you know the the we're at the, the the Selma Bridge right now. After after you know after it's been completely televised, what 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 law enforcement did to those peaceful protesters and 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 all this is a moment where things can change. And if, and if we're not doing so, everybody has to do their part though. That's why you guys doing your podcast. That's why you know every person. This 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 is a big local motive, and everybody plays a part in it. There's the wheel. There's the steering wheel. There's the gasket. There's the, the the mirror. There's everybody got a role in this. A spark plug or whatever. But you know if that spark if that spark plug is off, that car ain't going nowhere, right? And so everybody plays yeah. a, a role in this thing moving forward, man. And that's what we got to keep doing. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I just like I said, like you said, uh, if you don't vote, then you voted. So don't complain when the politician is in there that you think you ain't vote for, because not voting is your vote. Not right. voting is. Not voting is saying, all right, I'll leave this to you. So when you left it to these people, yeah, they put they put the person they like and you have no clue about. So I yeah. think everybody should be like very get more tuned in with the local, the city, get more tuned in with that, and then yeah, vote for your president. But focus on the, the local things, the local judges, everything, like all those is key. We gotta also change that lifetime judge for Supreme Court. Like Cause they stuck in they always, so they're always like you only, you only could. They not. It's different when you want to change, but if you stuck in your ways, then it don't yeah. matter. Well, you got to think about how how some of these how how some of these senators and, and congressmen are in office for 20, 30 years, and it's like nothing done. That's on my phone. Oh, that's fine. I know y'all heard it that good. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, no, you're right. No, those long, those long term, you know, those long term positions are are tough, you know. Um, and I think it gets to, it gets to a point where sometimes a lot of these elected officials lose touch, man. Like the world changes, and um, if these people are not changing with it, it becomes very very, very difficult to be able to properly represent uh, a district or a county when you're kind of out of touch with it, gener you know, generationally and stuff. It is difficult. And, and honestly, like at first, like when millennials and all that, and I, and I, and I used to down them a little, but I'm, I'm realizing more and more that they're sparking the change. They, they're the mm -hmm. ones who, who are really going out there and, and, and it's all, it's all, is all races is black, white, brown. Yeah, they're all coming together and showing us that listen, we're all different, but yet we're we're all one. And and that's why I think we need that's where I think we need to learn from them. Cause they're they're showing us that listen, regardless of what color we are, look at how, how all of us combined are, are making change. And 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 I've and I've and I've talked Minecraft about millennials and and honestly the within the last Last few weeks and stuff, they've really changed my opinion on them. They they made me realize like I was mistaken on on judging them, 
because they're 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 really doing their thing right now. A lot of them are out there protesting, and and then like I said, it's it's white kids, it's black kids, it's brown kids, it's yellow, and these kids are, are out there, man, making a change and trying to show these older politicians that like, listen, we're not gonna accept this anymore. Either you're gonna com uh, comply to what we we want, or we're gonna take you out of office. And I and I really feel this coming election, these young these young millennials are gonna come out and they're gonna and they're gonna make their powers their power be felt. And that yeah. right there is gonna really spark this even more. That's how I that's how I'm feeling. That's how I feel that this this generation th these millennials right now are the ones who are gonna really make that drastic change to what to what this system is and how as far as the systemic racism that we suffer with the mass incarceration and all these other things that were that were put in by people who 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 didn't have our interests in 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 mind like again the 13th amendment it 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 it, it was it's like when i seen that that the documentary on that it, it really like opened my eyes to a lot of things like a lot a lot of people used to be, say, oh, Bill Clinton was the first black president, right? But then you come to realize it was the bill that he signed yeah. that drove drove the mass incarceration and 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 made prisons profitable and made all these things happen in, in my in the minority communities, in the black and brown communities, whereas the three strike laws and you're out, you get life in prison. What, like really it's like even if you, it could be a minor felony or whatever it was three strikes and you get life in prison and, and, and with all these changes that, that he he did it really really set us back so then why you think that's why hillary when she was she was running she was trying to preach on oh we're gonna change that we're gonna change that because she knew what her husband had signed into place really destroyed our communities yeah, you know, and if you go back even more historically, right? You know, the 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 war on drugs was the real, real, like, key thing that really decimated our communities, right? And the war on drugs goes all the way back to Nixon, right? Because you know the war when the war on drugs when he was you know trying to get favor for Vietnam, right, and and, and everything that was going over there. The two communities that were very loud against, you know, the the Vietnam War was the radical uh, uh, black communities and the the hipsters, right? The hipsters, the white hipsters. So they were those those two groups got together and they wasn't about this Vietnam War, right? And so what he decided was to find ways to attack those two groups with with and it was through the war on drugs because of the the marijuana connection with the with the hippies and then the start of flooding drugs into into communities of black communities and then then targeting them through the drugs right and so that was the start right there you know the, the, and then what made it even worse was when reagan came into power when reagan came into power it, they took it to now a whole different level now right and then you had the rockefeller laws and all that so that war on drugs and you know how it was used against the community it goes all the way back to like Nixon, and then like like you said, it went then it went to um, you know Reagan, and then you know the, the Clintons did their part to it, 
And everybody added on a piece to it to make it worse, brother. Like that's been going off against us for a long time. And that's what I mean when I say, yeah, all right, you the puppet, you the you you Roger Goodell. They all it's always been a little tweak here. So every time we make a little noise, they tweak something. And then everybody get complacent with that little tweak or the couple of little stitches they add to the cut. But they're not really trying to heal this wound. Mm. They just know how to. It's like a when people say, "Oh, you take it to a mechanic, you take it for one thing, the next thing break." Like it's just that type of game with them. It's like, "I will right, we'll fix this." Oh, y'all made us fix this. Here goes something. By the time you figure out this is not good for you, it'll be these many years down the line. Like like just like with Clinton, everybody called him the black president. The next, the black white, the white black president. But when you realize what he signed, it's years later. It's decades later. Now you like. Oh man, he wasn't as cool as I thought. Mind you, I went into Hunter College to listen to him speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Hunter College, I think in like, she, I want to say like 2003, 2005, mm -hmm. around there. He went, and I went because somebody invited me. And next thing you know, I'm sitting there listening to him, and he talking that good talk. He got the whole Manhattan off the chain. Everybody's clapping. Mm -hmm. He's over here signing these secret bills that are destroying communities. Uh, but then it go it goes back to the you know like the, the system, right? Like he yeah, he's the president, and but there's gonna be things in place that he's not gonna be able to avoid. Like he's not gonna, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people still kind of mad at Obama. People feel that Obama didn't do enough for the black community, right? Like he went in and yeah, he was the first black president, but a lot of people feel like he didn't push enough legislation that was directly focused on the black communities, you know? And so what's happening now though, is that a lot of people are asking these, these presidential candidates, what's your plan for the black community? Like, okay, we hear everything, all your other plans, but what exactly do you have in mind for the black community? And that, it forced a lot of candidates to say, no, I have this policy. I want, I'm trying to, I'm trying to end poverty with this. I'm trying to do this. You see, you know, and, and so the ideas are starting to get, you know, thrown out there. And we now we got to make sure that things are getting picked up and voted on and, and that we have the right politicians pushing it. But the ideas are out there. You know, there's a lot of things that I agree with Bernie Sanders, like education should be free. Education should be free. Like if we should we, we should not be our, our, our community should not be going into debt trying to get educated. That makes absolutely no sense. That's no. the new form of slavery. Right, because I told everybody yeah, I talked to, yeah, I got a good job, I got it, but I got I got a hundred thousand dollars in um in, in in school debt to to, to pay off. Yeah, it's <laughs> and it, it, that's one thing I that's one thing I, I talk about is like, yo, how are you gonna have us go to school? Build, like the first thing you do is before you even get a job is is getting sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars in debt. And then don't even get a job in the field that you went to school for sometimes. So it's like this system is broken in the fact that once you get out of college, you're in the hole already. Let me tell you how broken it is that people don't ask simple questions, right? Like if, when you got out of high school, you was 18, 19, whatever, 20 years old, and automatically you just filled out a paper and they say, here's $40,000 to go to school. Just like that. Just here's a, you, growing up in the hood, if somebody came to me and gave me 40,000, what's the first thing I'm gonna say to them? What's the cash? What's the cash? What's the cash? 
right? But if you went, if you went and, and got out of high school at 18, 19, 20, and you went to a bank and you asked them, can I get $40,000 to start up my own business? They'll laugh you out the bank, bro. They'll laugh you out yeah. the bank. But yet, but yet the, these, these banking institutions have no problem giving you a young 18, 18, 19 year old, 40,000 a year to go to, to go to school. They want debt is slavery. So they knew that if I get you in debt, you're going to be paying me for the rest of your life. You know, same thing with houses. With that HUD home scam, they had everybody think, oh, I go get, all I got to do is live in it for this amount of time. And then everybody lost their homes. And, and they then everybody lost their jobs. It's, like job. it's like a recycle. We're going to give you this, but you're going to give me back like 10 times as much with credit. Right. But that's the but that's why the system's broken. Because give give that kid forty thousand to try to start his own business, though. Because then now he can empower himself. Then he could build wealth. Then he could um, empower his family. Then he could have a financial cornerstone, a business, or something. But y'all won't do that. But y'all give me forty thousand to go because y'all know I'm gonna mess it up. And 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 when I get out of school, even if I get my degree in four years, what job am I gonna get to be able to pay off a hundred thousand dollars off? Not not never. And to and pay your bills? Nah. And pay your bills, right. And pay your and live. And live. That's the system is broken. That system is broken. That's why if they go like I agree with Bernie, like, yo, let's wipe out student debt in the whole country. Why? Let's just wipe it out. And then let, let's deal with it from there. Yeah, I just gave billions of dollars in, in the in the last bill out to all the all the all the um the banks and the and the and the car dealerships. That same amount of money would have would have would have covered all the student loan debt in in the country, and none of them places really needed it. <laughs> and none of them places I, I, I don't need that, man. That is crazy. And, and you know what? We was talking about that. Me and Wise was talking, and I was like, um, it was more to the to the to the in the lines of like, why, why don't why are why is it that if you don't if you if you don't if you're not an American citizen, like legally, like born, raised, no green card, none of that, and you try to open a business, like you said, one, it's crazy hard. Two, they're going to slay you with every, I mean, by the time you're done, you'll be paying, you'll be paying back that loan forever. But if you come from one of the, the countries that they usually have a little issue with or they got ties with, they get to get a three-year tax relief mm -hmm. like at the minimum three years like if all the um the arab stores or whatever I, i'm not trying to be like no no i get you I mean, but like all those stores chinese restaurants all those people when they come here they get that type of relief that's why they businesses that's why they pop up with businesses like it ain't nothing but you know you pop you know but you know why the issue is it's because we don't take our time to understand the rules of the game. And these other communities, they do figure out the rules of the game, right? So I'll give you an example. There's a thing, right, right? So if you own a home, right? If something happens on your home or whatever, you know, and they sue you, you can lose your home, right? But if you open up what's called an LLC, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, a limited li liability corporation, you can now put that home under that LLC, and now that's a company now. And so if you get sued, they can't touch your house because your house is part of this company now, right? And so 
now the the home is technically not yours anymore, but you're still reaping all the benefits of the yeah. home, though, right? But that technically is not yours anymore. And so you have communities that come to this country that when they land, they have people that are here, school them immediately. Here's what you're going to do. We, I'm going I'm to let you hold these 10 grand. You open up that business. You start to do this. You incorporate. You do this. You slide the money over here so it won't get taxed. You do this. You do that. And then when the next person comes from our country, you teach them and you put them on game and you keep doing that process over and over. We don't do that in our community. We don't yeah, do that in our community. We got to start. Like, I mean, hopefully, like, like, wise goes a little harder when it comes to the interview and stuff, but we we always up to just taking the knowledge that taking what goes on in our communities and then speak on it like from a and we 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 welcome anybody to come and just as long as you like we joke this fun time that's but this is serious this is a movement that everybody should have hands on and if you don't have hands on then one of us anybody that knows one of us or the people in our circles that's actually thinking like us they need to just always be out there just like trying to recruit and just get many people hands on teach them the game teach them wherever they at just help them out of that struggle if you could just give a person that lift then it changed the way they look at how going forward like it's just the littlest thing like i tell him like i tell wise if we get five views at least five people from when i used to not even talk to nobody like if you got five people from somewhere else just interested in what you got to say, should I cry because I don't got a thousand views? Like, should like I got fifty views? That's good. I mean, fifty people watch my my watch what I say, related to it in some way, and that that's a that's a blessing in itself. Like, I, I would never not I would never not do this, no matter because of the views or because of anything. I'm gonna do this, like you said. I could work anywhere. I can get a job anywhere. I've never been fired. Like, I, people know I work. Like I got all those intangibles that you need to just. I'm not. You can't deter me from nothing. So, mm -hmm. and that, that, that's something you gotta like. We gotta start instilling in the kids and stuff. Like, you dictate who you are. You dictate. Don't let your your criminal history. Don't let your past. Don't let like stop with the blaming. Don't blame your parents if they was on. Everybody dealt the hands they dealt. I mean, they was they. Everybody played the hands they was dealt. These are the hands you dealt. What you gonna do? And I'll show you how to take this hand you dealt, and 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 stick around for a while. And that's mm -hmm. all it is. Each one mm -hmm. teach one. Exactly. Yeah, and, that, and that's what we try to. That's what we try to focus on. We try to focus on on building and, and like I say, like I said, I want to just put out positive content. I want to put in people on that's gonna um give something back. I, like I like I feel that knowledge should be shared and not hoarded. It, it, it's something that like I had a podcaster who just started reach out to me and like, oh, what did you do to do this, this? And even though I'm I'm just starting out, whatever little knowledge that I did have, I was able to pass it on to him, and it, it felt good doing something like that because this is a little community that we we've joined ourselves, and for for in order for I feel in order for me to succeed and grow. I need to reach out to other podcasters and, and talk to other podcasters and, and, and learn from them and pick their brains so that when someone who doesn't have the experience reach out, reaches out to me, I'm able to share that knowledge. 
and and like when when it comes to my my like when I take my my um Instagram pictures of my of my downloads and all that, I do it in a, for personal reasons because I never would have thought the numbers that I see I would ever I would have ever achieved. I'm saying even though they're low numbers to, to to other people, to me they're an accomplishment because it's not something that I imagined was possible. And now, now that I'm seeing it, I'm like, okay, now now I, I, I know it's possible. So now I, I can step up my game a little more and, and set my goals a little higher because now I know it's possible. It's like just seeing the little numbers that I do see. And to me, they're not little numbers. To me, they're big numbers. And and just to see that pro- progress from when we started, from just the five-minute episode that me and you did to where we're at now, where I'm, I'm yesterday alone. I had 20 new downloads or 20 new listens, and it was one of my higher days ever. And it, it, it just kind of like just made me feel good. Like, yo, people are, are. It's like it's even though it's a grind and it's and it's little by little. It feels good to see the the, the little numbers go up and up and up and up. So that that just drives me more to go hard. And like I, earlier, you, you know how I've been just. Papa, you just know how you know how I've been all day just re- making contacts, setting up interviews. It, it's like just seeing these numbers just are just driving me more and more to succeed and, and keep putting out the positive stuff that I'm putting out. You 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 you're in a campaign yourself too, wise. I mean, there's really nothing different about what you're doing, what I'm doing. You you you're you're almost like on a permanent campaign because you know you you're, you're getting up every day. You're making contacts. You're marketing. You're having conversations. You put. In, you, you have a message. You have a platform. You have all these things. You you are you're you're you're, you're basically a candidate just like I am and stuff, right? And so you and so the best thing you could do in these in these situations are be authentic, right? Be authentic. People will connect with you. That's the same thing that I'm doing, right? Like you know, I'm not I'm not trying to sound like a politician. I'm not trying to sound like I'm not trying to be any of these other politicians, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to like market myself like them. I really just, I'm just being myself, you know, and whatever comes out of there, comes out of there. Like I'd rather win being authentic, you know, um, I, I mean, I'd rather lose and be authentic than to win and not be authentic and stuff. Right. And so you just got to keep doing what you're doing and, and, and everything will go from there. And I love the fact that you're putting out information to people. Because one of the biggest advice that somebody gave me is that they said, whatever you want in this world, put it out. Like, give it away. No, just, no, I mean, really just give it away. Like, if you yeah. want money, if you want money in this world, then give money away. If you want information, then give away information. If, like, whatever you want in the world, just put it out. And you'll see how crazy it is that all that stuff just begins to come back to you 10, 15, 20 folds, just because that's the way it works. And and you're absolutely right. It's like I made this one connection, and from that one connection, it's just like just things are just falling into place and falling into my lap. And it's just like okay, it's just. And but I I, see, I know why it's happening because I know what the effort I'm putting into it, and and and, and like I said, it, for me, I want to help as many people as possible, even if it, if it's just them hearing me talk. Or even hearing someone like you come on and talk, or any any of my other guests that had some positive input out there, I feel like if one listener hears it, I did I did my job because 
someone someone gained something from what I put out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just the fact that you you've set this platform, you're given the opportunity for somebody like me and all your guests to come on and, and have something to to project this message. You know, that alone right there is, is a super accomplishment, you know, so you, you definitely should be proud of the work that you've done so far and continue to be authentic and work hard and do what you got to do. And you see how that same energy finds you, being all the opportunities to find you as well, too. Um, that's the, you, you're you're basically running your own campaign as well, too, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's exactly yeah, what man, I, but... I, I, I be hyped for him because I know the work that he put in. Like I, I, I haven't went as hard on my podcast as I should, but I, I promote his podcast on anything I'm doing. Like, and that's what that's that's just that that we are the village. Exactly. If, I, if I'm not doing it, then and I know he's doing it, then with my yeah. platform, my platform ain't just for me. It's just a platform that's mine. Don't mean that everything on this platform have to be my work. Right. So I promote, like I said, I'm about to. Hey, I'm about to put your uh, your little uh, village act on Facebook, like just so people could just see. Yeah. Like, when I read it, because he told me to, when I actually opened up the re- email and read it, I just was reading stuff that I thought was was common sense. Like, I didn't know that you had yeah. to. <laughs> <laughs> it is not, bro. Like, yeah, oh, treat, treat me with respect. Yeah. You got to ask for that? That's the first thing I said to him. I said, yo, I, he's like, what you think? I said, it's crazy that I got to ask for this from, the from yeah. like, police and the government. Like, this is what I got to ask for for y'all to just see us as people. Like wow, and y'all. I mean, it really ain't protect and serve. Nah, nah, nah. It's, it, it, it's was, far from it. I just realized that was a myth. Just reading what you wrote, I was nah, like, oh, it's not. <laughs> this ain't what it is. Nah, <laughs> nah. It's, it's far Karen from it. I think Karis one was right when he said overseers, <laughs> overseer, no. overseer. Like now you think about things people said years ago. You like, oh, they just hit an overseer. That's what I'm telling you. That that's that, that's one of those five pillars yeah. that, that 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 the police genocide and police over policing. That's a tool that's been used to keep our communities down, man. And so there's a lot of stuff on them. And I, I appreciate you know if, if you put the document up, you got um my website. It'll be it'll be on my website as well too. And you know there's a there's a lot of good you know there's a whole section with with a whole bunch of bullets of recommendations. You know, on there that I feel like the NYPD should really look into, you know, like, um, you know, making bigger programs with, the, with with youth programs. Like they should have an expanded um, youth program where they're, they're, they're building the, the, the community through the youth. Um, you know, there's this I feel like there should be like a census type deployment of a survey that goes out to the community every year saying, asking the community like straight up, do you How feel do you feel how do you feel about your your police officers how how trustworthy do you feel and then they have to take that information in and and, and put 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 actions in place for it and stuff like data you know i'm a i'm almost considered a program person right i built youth programs school programs but a lot of it is not just as like oh i got this great idea and i'm gonna just come up with this i what i tell people that i work for me or that i mentor or develop i tell them go look at the data the data is going to tell you what you have to do. If you have you building a program and you see that you have a low turnout or that the community doesn't really know about the program, 
then build your program around that about you know getting the word out there about you know how, how are you marketing the program how are you doing this if it's about retention oh we had a lot of kids at the beginning but then they stopped coming okay so build the program around retention what are you doing for this what are you doing for that so let the data tell you what to do don't have to don't just uh, you know, think off the top of your head the data will tell you what you need to do so the same thing goes for policing and everything that do make sense to uh survey to have a survey every quarterly just to see what where the people are like well, where the lows is at because once you see where the lows is at as that as the leader of that organization you should be trying to correct those lows so that all the grades is up. well you see how businesses do it they they, they send surveys out to to rate their restaurants and and or, exactly. or shops or whatever it is why why what we can we should have the same thing for the police was so like yo listen we rate the we rate the police and again it's just it's just change that we just need to enact and start doing and people like you who are who are who are dedicated to this cause and everything i feel like are going to make it happen man you're really going to make it and again we're not about abolishing the police department we're not preaching no. that no. saying no. all we want change or we want we want change we don't want abolishment we know what protect we we know what real good cops do i'm saying that do do come into the communities and and do and do a good do a good job but we also know what bad cops do so what we need is just just a flip flip of the system and just try to do something that again make them go to training where they they have to take psychology classes sociology all these all these or courses and stuff to deal with people because that's that's the field you're in and you're dealing with people and and it's not and it's not for you to be like you're you're the superior because you're not you're just here to protect and serve you're not here to boss me around and tell me like oh you need to get off nah man we we both we're both humans talk to me right and i will respond to you correctly yeah and and i and i want to make a distinction because sometimes i talk to police officers and they'll say nah lee you don't understand you know when you're out there and 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 you you pull somebody over and, and, and the, you know, there's a gun and this, and I'm like, okay, like I get those, I get those interactions where it's, sometimes it's difficult to make a, a on the spot decision or whatever. They're like I can kind of get that, but there's so many instances in that that's not the case. Okay. So what's the excuse for when that's not the case? What's the excuse for, for that, for that lady that, you know, was handcuffed and being dragged on her stomach. What's the excuse for that lady and, and her two teenage and, and adolescent children that were handcuffed with, with their stomachs down on the ground. What's the excuse for that? Like, those are the situations that I, I'm thinking that we have to change. And then, you know, things will start to be a little different. Like, yeah, there's, there's hardened criminals out there, bro. Like, policing is a difficult job. And they, they have to do that part as well, too. But but it's those other instances, man. There's so many of these other ones that we know is not happening to other communities and where they live at and stuff. Yeah, it's way too many. Of those incidences that they try to say was like or it wasn't it was out in a different state like i just i i just hope that like you keep doing what you're doing that motivate us to keep doing what we doing like people don't know all this stems from i'm tired of the way i lived and the, what i went through and i just want to make sure that mine's got a better chance and if mine's got a better chance I gotta listen to people that's actually providing this type of these ideas that I could back. 
that I could go behind. Like I'll go behind that village act from from no matter what. Like I think that's a universal act that should be like that should be a a New York City Bronx District 16. And then once that shit pops off down there, yeah, this let me share this up here and see what and then my counselor. If the council where I'm at don't like it, then I gotta sit back and be like, hmm, I think I gotta vote. Right. I got to vote. Right. You don't know, like this right here, like that right there is not asking for a lot. No, no, and and, not, and now you inform, and now you inform. So when the time comes that these people are courting your vote, you can say to them, "Let me ask you a question. Like, what what are your thoughts around you know over policing in our communities? Do you have something in place, an idea, a policy, or something that can kind of change that?" And now they're gonna be like, "Oh, wow! Like, I got to come up with something because that's what the expectation is now." But as long as you're not, if they feel like nobody's asking them or nobody's in, of, of getting getting informed enough to ask them, then why do they have to do it? Yeah, that's that's why I said I'm posting it. Like I'm gonna, like that needs that needs a nice instructional post. Like you gotta give instructions. Like, exactly. Like, <laughs> like you got like how I'm thinking about what I would do with that of where I'm at is what you gotta like literally put in the post. Like. Y'all need to look at this, like y'all yeah, need like to don't this. like don't be scared of yo. I'm not. I'm like like what I said. I'm putting stuff out there. It is what it is. Don't be scared to take that paper <clears throat> and email it to your elected official and say, hey, um, I want you to take a look at this, and I want something that's you know similar, similar. to this, yeah, similar and, and that that fits that fits our community. Like every community is different, right? So I want something that fits our community. That's but about community, you know, but it has. Thing. The foundation, like this letter, gotta be. I know what this letter says, ma'am, and I want you to know when I read yours, I better feel like I felt when I read this letter. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's how we start holding people yeah. accountable and stuff, right? But it's also about people putting that information out, making it also accessible for people, and not 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 over like putting too much jargon on something that people can't really process and understand. People know straight up, yo, just treat me with dignity. That's all the language I'm going to put in there. Treat me with now, dignity when you meet me. And that's what I liked about your uh, village act. It wasn't 50 pages. Right. You don't need you don't need 50, 50, anything contract that's that thick. They they, they try yo. to scam you. Yeah. <laughs> they trying to it's scam like, you. It's, it's two pages. He's like, I'm going to send you an act. I'm like, okay, it's probably like 10. It's two pages long. I'm like, okay, this is simple. This is and Yo, it makes all sense. And it's like it's, it's straight to the point. It's like you didn't need twenty million pages to prove your. You just you kept it simple. It's, he said what he had to say, and it just was straight to the point. And he did it in two pages. And I'm like, okay, if you don't have time to read two pages, then you got issues, man. Because this, these, <laughs> right. these, are two right. the, these are two of the deepest pages you'll ever read, as far as how our community should be policed. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, it's a suggestion, though. These are these are things that I want to also just be able to open up the conversation because, yeah, I'm going to need more smart people around me right now to get this off the ground, right? Because at the end of the day, I know that there's 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 things that impact budgets. There's there's things that impact other things and housing and all this other. So there's a lot to be said that still needs to happen after something like this. But now at least we got a framework on the table. Now if we're, if we're really about... What we're talking about about building these bridges and 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 the, and the relationship between police and communities. There's something here on the table. Let's all come around it. Let's start to talk. 
like a village. We sit around the bonfire. We start chopping it up. What do we got to do to make this happen? Oh, you want to make it a little better? You want to tweak it over here? You want to do that? Fine. But at least we have an open dialogue about this. And you don't need 50 pages to open up dialogue. And that's the crazy thing. Like Definitely, definitely. As much as I say, like, to partake in your local elections and everything and be a part and get get to know, that right there, that, that active emailed us, like, emailed, it was just, like, I could take that, <clears throat> sit in a, t- a room with, with these people now yep. and, just ask, and just read and pick anything that I think and just question it, put it in yep. question form. And that's something that I would have never, like, worded it right, like, or knew how to like people are afraid like for anybody that's afraid to word something or how how you like use oh they elected they are they're elected officials uh i don't think they'll understand that that act right there you would give that to anybody and they could go sit in the meeting and ask one question yep. off that paper and that will fucking have everybody like this yep like, and, that, and that's and that's the thing and, and, and you'll be you'll find like that's it's not just Politics is not just NYPD. Even in the education system, yo, Bobby, I've been, I've been in meetings where I've had to like pull parents to the side after a meeting and be like, "You, you know, they're violating your rights, right? You, you know, they're supposed to be giving your child these services, right? Um, this is what you need to go do because the way that they wording things, the way the documents that they send in the parents, parents is kind of confused. They're like, "Oh, what do you, you know?" And then they kind of like oh what do you think I should do and and then so and a lot of school systems they they do what's best for them right you 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 have a child I, I've had I had a child one time that he had an IEP an IEP is a legal document a legal document that every school has to has to abide by once a kid gets an IEP an individual education plan once he gets an IEP that and that kid is admitted into that school that school has to abide by that IEP and so I had I had a, a I've been in schools where the 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 schools is like oh this this child needs a a one-on-one therapist or whatever. The, the school don't want to spend that. So what they try to do, they try to get the parents to transfer the kid out. Like, oh, you should look into this school. This school is a lot better and this, this, and that. But then a parent would come to tell me, like, but you know what? That school is kind of far. You know, like, I get it's a better school. I, I get I get they have the services there, but I, I would have to leave my job to go there. And then I'm like, that's not fair. Like, why would a school push a parent out Instead of now trying to find the resources that this child needs, and they do that, they do that, they do that by miseducating the parents, leading them the wrong way, and getting them out, and now it's not their responsibility anymore and stuff. But I'm not, I was, I was never the type to allow that to happen. That's why I probably ended up working at like five, six different schools because <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Like I was like, no, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And so you know, I, sometimes, like we said, like I will go into a culture, but I wouldn't assimilate with that culture like no this is wrong like no you're supposed to give this child and this parent what they need and so that that always ended me put me on, on a different list at, at the end of the school year <laughs> and then but I, but i didn't care i was like i don't care i'm i know my worth right i'm a i'm a black educated man that's bilingual and so in, in the education system wise, that's that's considered a purple unicorn <laughs> you know because those are not easy to find and so I'm like, I know my worth. So if I'm in a school system, my first priority are the kids and the families in my neighborhoods because I was that kid. My mother was that mother. I'm that parent. And so I'm going to make sure that I'm looking out for them before any other school or any other um, organization or whatever before. 
Yeah. And again, like brother, you know, no, I got nothing. I got nothing but love for you and respect for you, brother, because I know what like you are, you're a great person. We've known each other for for quite some time now, and it's just again, I have none but the utmost respect for you because I know you're 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 true. You're your true self, man. You don't you don't try to be who you're not. You you always you've always been yourself, regardless of, of the situation. You as far as me as me as I'm concerned, you've always been your true self with me, and that's mm-hmm. that's why. I, we've we've built the kind of relationship that we have where we can joke around and all that but then there's also times that we can have serious discussions like we are having right now and 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 it's 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 people like you is people like you people like you when i surround myself with people like you it makes me a better person i'm saying it makes me want to strive to be better because i see the good that you're doing i'm saying and that and i want to emulate that it might not be in the same field that you're doing in it but i want to emulate something similar to what you're putting out there no i appreciate that and that means the world to me man because you know election or no election you know that's what's important to me it's just making an impact on the people around me trying to make people's lives a little bit better than i found them and you know just putting that out that's always been my formula man like that's once you do that man the world just becomes a little better for you, you know, and once you just keep putting that positive energy, it just, it's just different, man. Like I, I tell people all the time, like, I don't, I don't stress being broke. I don't stress, you know, I've, I've, I've had times where my bank accounts are like at $23 and I know, and I'm just like, okay, I'll figure it out. You know, it is what it is, you know? And, and because I know that I've put out enough positive energy in the world, I know that I've helped out enough people that, I, that, that God going to look out, you know, karma going to look out. The universe is gonna look out, and it's always been like that, man. Like I always look back and be like, "Wow, like that really happened for me right there." And then people just be like, "Yeah, of course that happened to you." You know how much you've done for people, bro. You know, and so, but I don't look at it like that. I just look at it as like that's what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, wise, if wise call me, have a question. It's that's that's on the spot right there. Like there is no like, y'all call you back, bro. Da da da. Like no, anybody, you call me, you text me. You getting that on the spot, you know, and because I make time like there's there's plenty of time in the world, man. There's plenty of time for you to help help people, support people, and as long as that's your nature, that's what you're doing. You're always gonna do it, man. So you know, I'm always here for you, Papi. You know, I'm always here. Whatever you need as well, too. And uh, we're just gonna keep pushing each other, pushing each other to be great. Yeah, that's uh, definitely that's definitely. definitely with me. I'm like, I I did not expect this. Uh, podcast to be the way it was i probably didn't pay wise too much mind throughout the day because i had mad shit going on so mm-hmm. when i when i seen the, the the act and then he kept saying yo he's gonna wait till six and i was like all right who the fuck is this and then i seen your name i look i was like that's the act that's the that's the village act oh this is real mm-hmm. <laughs> i said oh this is real okay i learned something i'm telling you i'm here to learn so Never too old to learn, but I definitely think that uh, reading the act and then hearing you speak and clarifying some of the things and putting some more context to it, that uh, that is something that I would like to like take what I've gotten from you and try to move, maneuver that into where I'm at, in the area that I'm at, because that's a universal act to me. Mm-hmm. That's not a, I mean, it's, it's district, it's just district 16 
because of what you're, you implemented it. But mm -hmm. reading it, that's a universal act. I think that should be like something, like when they say, what do you want? Like a lot of people with the Black Lives Matter and everything in all the different states, it's like, what do you want? Like what tangible thing can I, yeah. can I, I ask for? I never really had, I mean, I had many ideas. A lot of, I, a lot of them was like, yeah, that's like me talking to the president or some shit like, but it was just ideas because we are everyday people. So we all got our own ideas of what could help. But that act, that village act is like tangible word. That's something that I could go somewhere and be like, yo, this is what I think we should, we should push for in this area. And yep. people are reading, and it's only two pages. If you read two pages, I'm pretty sure you'll like it. <laughs> yeah, and, like, and, they can, and they can expand on it. They could they could take it, they could take it two pages and, and add four more yeah. pages to it. You know, like let's keep you expanding know, on an idea and go from there. By the time they finish with your two papers, man, that's gonna be a book. I'm back getting the right hands, your page, your, that, your, I ain't gonna read all of it. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'll, I'll get it on the ebook. I've been doing ebooks now. Yeah, stuff, make, sure they put, make sure they put the star in your two pages. And I'll yeah, just yeah, keep, yeah. I'll keep reading that. I'll just keep yeah. reading that part. My yeah, mind, yeah, yeah. I think that is like the one of the key things that should be pushed for with the Black Lives Matter, the Me Too. Like all the movements should just come together and just like, yo, this is an act that we need to implement. For the village and then we'll go now like i said you got to have something to start with i had made a reference with wise one day and i was like it's like telling a whole bunch of people to come on this train we're going to equality knowing that this is a 20-hour trip and people's like we might not make it to equality the, the bridge might be and then that, that scares people that they're not knowing like yeah. We, we gotta we gotta have we gotta like rebuild our our people our children to for the long haul mm -hmm. everybody's so somebody everybody's so with the instant gratification or the instant oh if i give you a hundred dollars towards this i need to see 200 by next week no mm -hmm. this is this is a long. this is gonna be a process that are you ready get your backpack get your hiking boots let's go and that, and we gotta like reprogram the young, like the like people to know that we got your back. Like, like he said, the youth is killing it, and they killing it because we wasn't as racist or we wasn't that racist person back in the days. Like that, 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 that passed down through generation to generation, whether it was mm -hmm. black, white, Spanish. They all went through something in those days that we knew that they, they didn't like us. We don't like them. And then slowly but surely, like when I started going to high school, right around 89, 88, stuff like that, that's when blacks and Puerto Ricans was actually starting to date. Mm -hmm. It wasn't considered. And you had it messed up because you was both. <laughs> you like, but, again, but you, you come, you come, it's like, <laughs> it's like, what side do I stand on? Like, I can't. Like, so it's like, oh, I'm not supposed to like them. Like, hold up, that's kind of odd. I wasn't, but then you understand that as we as we got older and the generation under us, it was less of that. Don't talk to that person. Yeah. Now when they when they out there 
making noise is because they they ain't been brainwashed from those days. Uh-huh. They might have been a few that have parents that kept it in, kept it in house, but for the most part, man, their kids is like, man, I'm trying to go that way, ma. You need to you kicking me out, like <laughs> you kicking me out. So right. just we just gotta show them we have their back, like whether it's through yeah. our platforms, whether it's through that village act, like. And once the once the once they see that that's all it takes is a little respect, like a little like dignity, like integrity, like people have these and you can't just rob a person of that and expect them to smile. Like back yeah. in the day. Like you know what I'm saying? It's not you're not robbing me of my integrity and my my self-respect and then tell me I gotta listen to you. Like that's an oxymoron. Like you bugging. Yeah, I so, think the most important thing that we could that we could give this younger generation though, like us being kind of like the that bridge in between. Cause I think folks that are our age are kind of standing on the shoulders of like the folks from like the civil rights time and those folks. And then, and then now the gap is now with these younger folks that are doing the change. Right. So, you know, our, our gap in the middle, I think what we have to do is try to make sure that we're bridging the, the, the lessons of the past yeah. and showing them that now, because I think one of the things that they have to learn is that, Activism is just a start. Like that's the first thing, right? And so the civil rights folks and everybody, they understood that that activism is the beginning. And then there's other steps to it. So the next step is is being able to financially have an impact on your community and your legislators and your law enforcement. So for example, people don't people don't remember that like the Montgomery boycott, the bus boycott, that it lasted over a year. Like yeah. so, so they financially impacted that city because they weren't taking public transportation for over a year, and you're talking about women, elderly, walking miles and miles to work every day. People, people coming together as a village because they would they would carpool. They would that people would volunteer to transport people. All of this, all of this, just to keep that going because they knew that they had to go from activism. So having a financial impact on on people, and then so then once they got the ear of this of government and said, okay, y'all are financially having an impact on us. What do you have to say? What do you want? Then then now the policy part comes in. Okay, here like you said, here's what we want. So there's three steps to that. There's the activism, there's the having the financial impact, and then finally when you get people's ear, then you have the policies that you want in place. You're seeing it all around. You know the active. Callan Kaepernick, his the activism was kneeling. That was it. That was his way. That was his activism, kneeling. Then, but it didn't have a financial impact on anything, right? Come happen to be now, everybody wants to kneel and wants to do all that because it has a financial impact now. It, it had a financial impact on him, and I, I, I on kind him. of, I kind of on my on my last episode, I I went in about how now they're kneeling right because it's the it thing to do but when he did it four years ago there was nobody who had his back you know what I'm saying there was nobody no. he 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 risked, he, not, he risked now i'm not saying like nobody but i'm just saying he risked his livelihood he risked his career i'm saying and, and then it cost him it really did cost him now everybody who's doing it now they don't have to face the repercussions that he faced when he did it, because now it's it's so it's okay to do it now because of everything that's going on. 
that's so that's I kind of find apart. issue that's with yeah. That would make sense. I, 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 I kind of find it, find it like to me kneeling right now isn't is a isn't a big thing because it was a big thing to me when he did it four years ago, and and I felt that all the athletes that are doing it now should have rallied around him then and did it then, but they didn't want to feel the repercussions. He did. He was willing to suffer whatever. I I agree. I I agree with you, Wise. But I would would tell you this. In this this fight, a lot of times fights are lonely, right? And a lot of times you have to go into sometimes fights and become a a martyr, right? And martyr and stuff. But then then we do have to guard. we We do have to guard with now feeling a negative sentiment about people doing the right things now, right? Right. There's a quote that that Martin Luther King says: "There's never a wrong time to do the right thing," yeah. right? And so now, if people are kneeling, yeah, you know, in the back of our mind, in the back of our mind, we're like, mm, "Damn, Cap, you ain't getting no support now. Everybody's kneeling." Like we got that in the back of our mind, but now let's not let that, you know, cloud the message now. And and now everybody now being on board with Cap because now now is the opportunity where the the next parts are going to come, right? Now the attention is happening. Now there's a financial aspect to it. There's a financial implications to it. And then now we can go on and say, okay, now this is what we want. This is what we and so that that's the process. And unfortunately, Cap had to be that person. Like he had to be that one that's gonna start the activism and he paid for it. But at but at the end of the day, if you ask Cap right now, he say and you tell him, okay, if we give if, if you could go back and do it over again. Would you do anything different? He most likely is gonna say no. Like I'm okay with losing my career and using all those things because ultimately this was a this was about a greater cause. And so you know, yeah, you're right. He had to do that to sacrifice for all the things that are happening right now. What I would what I would say is uh, like I agree with both VR, but I and I and I will also say that. They gotta be, we have to like figure out a way to explain that financial phase Mm -hmm. to people so that they really, like people say, oh, blackout this, blackout that. But I think, I think at this point and like this, this, in this climate, it should be more of a like how you got a, a village act. Like it should be an instruction, like or like to really make people understand what it means to take a finance to to make that financial impact. Because mm-hmm. so many people here not spend money or spend money in the, with the black-owned businesses or stuff like that, and it just sounds good. I don't think they really understand the like if you in doing this, this this will shake this. Then you could get this, like you said, if you, 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 you got the activists. Now you gotta do the fine. Now you gotta hit them with the financial to, to let them know. Oh, we losing money. We better open up our ears. Then you got that the the act, and then you got and then it's always a step. And that's what I mean when I say, like to better educate our people on that long haul. Yeah. What <clears throat> I think it should always be a blueprint for any group that's going that's on this path 
so that the, the the people behind them or the people that supporting them can look at it and like understand. Oh, so this is the this is the stop, the next stop. Like I said, when I made that analysis about telling them we go into equality, but not knowing the stops in between, mm-hmm. you shared with me those stops. Mm-hmm. So now I share with somebody else. All right, so the first stop is activists. Second stop is financial. Third stop is let's have a, a a bill or what we what we are looking to get back, what we expect, what kind of changes we would like, and then so on. Like oh, so now oh, so these are the stops along this way to equality. Oh, but, I think, right, but, I, but I us as people, we, but us as people, Papi, we got to be able to understand that if we are, if we're getting on that train to equality, at times we got to allow a different person to drive the train because, because he might, you might know the route to get from the first stop to the 10th stop, but there's still 20 more stops to go. And I might have to, you know, give that over to somebody else to now lead us that rest of that way. And, And so that's where we have to, as a community, we have to be able to do that as well too. We have to be like, okay, we're Black Lives Matter. I'm 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 focused on what they're doing. All right, Black Lives Matter. Who who are you passing the baton on to? Doesn't necessarily have to be you because I've learned also in this that sometimes the good or the great um activists don't necessarily make for good politicians though. Yeah. That's that's a that's a difference. That's, yeah, that's so a big difference. that's a big difference because the skill sets that you need to be a politician are different than the skill sets you need to be an activist. And so, the you like I agree with you. Like there has to be now somebody that says, okay, in the leadership form, who can then now black man? Who do we pass the baton on to? Who are we voting for? Who is the who is the legislative person or the candidate that are aligned with what you're bringing to the table that now could take us these next couple steps and go and go and take us to the to the eventual equality destination that we want to get to. But that's still that's still kind of happening right now, right? Like you still have, you still have like these old way of po- politicians of doing things. You have like the the activists that are that are coming up, and then so there has to be like a bridge from that group that's coming up, and then shifting into politics and being able to push legislation that reflects yeah. the activism and stuff, you know? Yeah, and that, that I mean, you clarify what I mean when I said the train. Like I'm not driving the train. <laughs> I'll be at the door that guy that opens the doors and close them. But <laughs> nobody else is driving. I just know that 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 was just my concept. Like people just won't no, jump on it. People won't go for a ride if you gotta be like you said, real transparent. You gotta let them like this is what with this ride. This is what this is. Yep. This is who this. This is the the, the second in command. Like people need the more you know, the more comfortable you feel. When you join, like that's just me. Like, for like you said, we you know how we grew up. You seen where we grew up, Brooklyn, Bronx, all the same to me. All the bees, mm-hmm. but but uh, so just and then going through life and you putting trust in people and it get it drops you down. So everybody's going with all these different types of internal things that they got that haven't dealt with or dealing with it at a late stage. So. Being as transparent as you can will help a person like that. Of course. So that's course. why, like, for me, when I speak, I speak for people that I didn't always speak. And when I spoke, it was very aggressively. Or I, I didn't know how to control my my feelings. Or 
I was too busy thinking that I wouldn't say it right, that I didn't say anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, now I just, like, yeah, it's talking real. I don't got, whatever, I've done live. Now I got my, got the, my children that I got to make sure they can live and get educated. And I now I'm looking at the education system. Now I'm looking at everything. And I'm just like, oh, I do got to be all the way in for me to be somebody that say, I'm, I'm here doing this for my kid. I can't mm-hmm. say I'm doing this for my kid only so it can sound good. Like you do gotta like oh get oh I gotta get in the mud. Oh, I've been in the mud before. Like <laughs> and you know and you know you you you're actually more like this what you're symbolizing, Bobby, is, is even more important to our community, right? Because one of the things that you're breaking down is is like the myth of like you know how people say oh you or you sound you sound white or you sound um, educated yeah. or you sound this and stuff. You know yeah. like you know. Sounded when we will associate sounding white with sounding educated, right? And that's that's not true, that's but hard. that's that's something that's something that we've we've had to battle in our from our communities, right? Like, you know, I, I work with kids, so you know, I had to learn like the vernacular that, that kids use, right? And so because if I sound a certain way to them that they can't relate to, then how can I educate them? Right? How can I educate them? So I knew that I have to be able to understand what they're saying. I'm, I have to understand, I have to relate to them and talk in a way that they can relate to me as well yeah. too. Let's speak their language, but at the same time, educate them and, under, and and actually give it the respect that it deserves. Because you if you put one of our kids from the Brooklyn or Bronx or whatever, and you, you hear them talk and then you hear these kids from you know Long Island or whatever these other places, and you think like, oh, the one, the, the one that's using you know, urban vernacular is less educated. That's not true. That's not true. But we're just kind of programmed. The world is kind of programmed yeah. to that, right? And and our kids are so smart, yo. Like, I'm almost amazed. Like, they they can gener how generationally they can they can change their vernacular and have their almost their own language um, to communicate. And and that's crazy to me. Like our, that our communities do that all the time. And and, and if you're not in tune and connected with it, you can lose that connection with that younger generation, man. And that's that's yeah. huge. Yeah, that's true. This was a good talk. I like this podcast. This one's going on. We're going to run on two hours, so but we're going to yeah. have to cut it short. But as always, man, you know, it's a pleasure, brother, to have you on. I Thank want you, you to definitely Appreciate give everybody you. information. Reach you and everything. Yeah, man. You know, you could go onto my website, www.votecoelho4bx. Um, uh, you could just Google my name, Leonardo Coelho, as well too. All the different social medias and everything. Um, my platform is on there. Everything that I'm about. Uh, please reach out. You know, we're about um, less than a year away from the election. And a lot of things are going to change, bro. And I, I, I want to be a part of it. I want everyone to be a part of it. And I'm here to support. I'm here to learn. I'm here to be an advocate. Uh, support any way you can. You know, there's there's a lot of ways you can support. You can you can volunteer your time. You can make donations. You know, at the end of the day, uh, campaigns are really run on finances and 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 volunteers. And so uh, look look out look out on my website. There's ways that folks can donate. There's volunteer opportunities, and it's all about getting the message out there and making sure that everybody understands that, you know, it's time for us to rally together as a village 
you know, and and this will be the village act for for law enforcement, but there'll be other acts that has to do with housing. There'll be other acts that has to do with, you know, education. And we're going to keep pushing that narrative until everybody is educated and everybody's holding their own elected officials accountable. Yeah, I'm de- de- definitely honored to be on here with you and actually get to politic with you because uh, it was very uh, insightful. Like I appreciate it. Bro. Well, Lee, Lee, well, Lee's been wanting to do an interview with you for the for the longest. Like, what the first time he wanted you to be on? <laughs> so he's like, yeah, I, I made the recommendation. I was like, yo, y'all should do y'all should do one together, bro, because y'all y'all have good chemistry together. You know. So, so it was like. So it was like, yo, we, grew up. Wanted to we, do we lived in the same house as gay as kids, man. We know each other. People, people who don't even only knew that we we would live <laughs> together like, man, we done this we just click. It's just natural, even though we and we're definitely like completely opposites. But we, and we you, but together. you felt but you but you hear it like the 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 way I click, the chemistry, you know, the first time I heard it, I was like. Yo, wise, maybe y'all should think about doing something together. I know y'all both got your own, but sometimes it's better to link up together, like you know, you know, Kobe and Shaq, and get a couple rings together. You know, when you just kind of combine together, it works out, man. It works out sometimes. Yeah, we're working on that with yeah, our he- Friday Night Live. Our Friday Night Live. Yeah, you definitely. Yeah, we're gonna have you on one of those one of these days. On <laughs> no, our Friday no, Night no. Night Freestyle. Nah, he's not gonna get on Friday night. Nah. <laughs> yeah, he will. We got, we got, we got, we got, we got to protect him. We have to protect him. Well, well, Friday night, episode, I'm off the hook. When he Friday when he comes on the episode, we turn up. Nah, we turn up. We turn up. Why is no? Why is no that we that I could? You know, we all could turn up. I'm just fucking around. Yeah, I don't care if you. Everybody's welcome on any of our platforms. So it's never. It's never uh, like that's that's why it's for the people. Yeah. Yes. My, my platform definitely is is for that's like wise. It's for people to just be able to vent and get they whatever you feel and get it off. If it's a topic that you think is not being addressed or overlooked or you just curious, you what I man, I'm all my platforms is on my website, pad, web, everything. So I just like people to just. Speak for I'm tired of people speaking for us without right. speaking without speaking to us. No, that's, 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 a lot, that's, that's a lot of people speaking for us and that hasn't even held a comment. Like you said, they don't even be in the building, but they they the head of the building. Like come right. on, you never know what's going on there. No, I, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate it, man. And wise, you know, I appreciate you. I mean, I, I know I, I sent you that. I sent you that email yesterday, and you was already had me with a time for today and stuff. So that that means the world to me. You know that um that you found it that important to just you know instantly just be like all right let, let, this is important let's make it happen so that that does mean the world to me man i appreciate you a lot i i, I told you i told you from the beginning bro i'm saying and once i started doing this i told you listen as many times you want to come on just hit me up and we make it happen because like i said i just want to put positive content out there i want to put positive people who want to make a change out there and brother you're definitely one who's who, who's definitely want to make a change and i'm behind you 100 so any like anytime you know you you're more than welcome to come back on brother you know you're this it's considered your show when when you're on bro thank you man thank you appreciate it man and he's my agent so he knows how to get a hold of me 
that's right. That's right. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely, I, I am, I am very appreciative of being included on this live. I mean, on this recording, because uh, what you you just sparked some things in me that I is definitely gonna carry on beyond today. Like how Wise was on it, I'll be like, we get on it when we hear stuff that I, we think people need to hear. It get yeah, people hear it. And if it's no. only, like you said, like I said, if it's only five. That's five people that's going to tell another 10, that's going to tell another, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So it's like, that's how it works. That's how it works. But yeah, I, thank you very much for shedding some knowledge with us. Anytime, guys. Yo, be safe. You know, be um, you know, blessings to you and the family. And, you know, I'll, I'll definitely reach out to you guys and, you know, anything else that comes up, uh, I'm going to reach out to you guys to help me just kind of get that word out there. But I appreciate you guys having me on. It meant the world to me. Thank you so much, man. All right, thank you too. Yeah, anytime. Yo, so Poppy, give out your shout out, man, before we go. Shout out. I, say, like give out the shout out. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give a shout out to uh all the teachers. Today to, this teachers been on my brain a lot. So I want to give a shout out to all the teachers. I can't wait for the teachers act so that they could get the, the their just due cuz as as school is starting to rear his ugly head um realize how much teachers is not teachers are very essential like even when it's not even a pandemic man yeah people people wasn't i i think people had a low regard of teachers and just considered them babysitters but uh they are definitely the ones that teach our kids and mold our kids when we at work and they need to be compensated they need to be treated with the right respect they need to be honored so my shout out today is for the is for the teachers. My tonight shout out is for the teachers. Definitely, definitely, man, definitely. Lee, if anybody, Lee, kids, wife, everybody. Yeah, I mean, uh, sh shout out, you know, the family and everybody, you know. But kind of like Papa, you know, the people that have been on my mind a little bit, I've been like the the essential workers that people used to not really talk about, and all of a sudden they became essential workers, right? Like. You know, I, I have family that were, you know, bodegueros and, and supermarket and, and and these things that, you know, in the past, it weren't really that important, right? You, you didn't really care. You didn't even know who that person was that was packing your bag. You didn't really know who the person that was stocking the shelves and stuff. But then when this pandemic hit, man, like, and those people, we we wouldn't have survived without them, right? Like, if they wasn't stocking the shelves, if they wasn't there, you know, putting their lives on the line while we were coming out with our masks to, to, to buy groceries and run back inside, they were going out there every day, opening up the bodega and the supermarkets and doing all of that and putting their families on the line. And, and I want to like, I want to start to really give some thought around, you know, what are we doing for those people? What did we, you know, what are we, how are we supporting those folks? You know, like you know, a lot of those other people are just small business owners that if the bodega closes, the store closes, there ain't nothing they can do about it and stuff. But, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, we there's things in place to help those people out. And I want to shout them out because without them, I don't know where we would have been through this pandemic, to be honest with you. That's true, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Shout out to the century workers always. See, that's that's his favorite shout out. That's you know, that's my shout. That's my shout out. Yeah. At the end of everything, it's just I shout out. I shout out the wifey, of course. Nothing but love for you, baby. Thanks for the support. And of course, the essential workers, man. Thank you guys, man. God bless you guys. 
if if it wasn't for you guys, a lot of us wouldn't get had gotten through what we still what we're still going through. And I I, I appreciate all this, even the grocery workers, the um, every everybody man, the gas station attendants, everybody who had to work. How much garbage would have been in front of your house? but definitely man but it was it's again all the all the essential workers out there man god bless y'all be safe man and um i'm definitely gonna keep praying for you people and and on that note everybody say goodbye dude say goodbye now <laughs> <We did out. laughs> all right so uh <laughs> Wise is out. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out. All right, yo, Sebi. Thanks for listening. Listen on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, and TuneIn. Find us on social media on Twitter at wise underscore b underscore blunt instagram at wise underscore b underscore blunt and a facebook fan page www.facebook slash wise 76 check back soon for new episodes until next time peace out yo um